It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Surface. Now more than ever, you need a laptop that can be as adaptable as you are. Introducing Microsoft Surface Laptop Go. Finally, a premium laptop at an affordable price. Starting at just $549, its light, thin design, vibrant touchscreen, powerful processor, and built-in HD camera and mic turns any room in your home into a classroom, office, or study hall. Available in three amazing colors the whole family will love. Visit surface.com slash laptop go for more details. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You're Locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. I am Daniel Warrior, your host, and so happy to bring you your team every day. I get asked a lot about Kevin Durant and his decision, how it affects the Warriors this summer, so I want to go through that, and for those of you who have a better sense of this using the written word, it's going to come out in a similar form with more details, more numbers on The Athletic as well, so you can check that out either before or after, whatever makes you happy with this, but... I've gone through the new CBA was released, I think about a week ago, a little bit. I don't have the firm grasp of it, so some of the hard numbers might be a little bit might be a little bit loose in this version because I, I need to run through some of the math a little bit more, and because we don't have the final number for the salary cap, but we won't have that until July. So basically, Kevin Durant has three choices, only two of which are relevant. I'll run through the irrelevant one immediately, which is that he could pick up his player option. It's worth $27.7 million. He's not going to do that because it gives him no benefit over one of the other ones, loses flexibility, loses money, doesn't help the team at all. So it's not really going to happen. So the two real options that he has, and the first one I'll explain is the one that is the better case for the Warriors, which is that he declines his option, but then signs using non-bird rights. So non-bird rights is not all the way to like the full bird where you can give a guy the max no matter what. It's only after one season. And you can give a guy a 20% raise. And so a 20% raise for Durant puts him at $31.8 million. The firm number will be in the in the athletic piece. And that number's not going to change. We already know it. It was in the piece that I wrote for the Sporting News back in July. And it didn't change in the new CBA. So it's 120%. And 31.8 is a lot of money, obviously. And the reason why the Warriors are going to want that is because signing non-Bird allows them to function as an over-the-cap team. And being an over-the-cap team gives the Warriors specifically a few big benefits. And the biggest one is the ability to re-sign Sean Livingston and or Andre Iguodala using their full bird rights because they've been on the team for three plus years. So the Warriors can go over the cap. They can sign them to whatever number for whatever years. It'll cost ownership a lot of money, but they can do it. And so using using bird rights, they can do that. And it would theoretically also apply to Ian Clark, who's been on the team for two years. He would have a modified version called early bird rights. So they'd have some flexibility with him if he wanted to come back. But again, all of those players are unrestricted free agents. So it doesn't guarantee that they come back. It doesn't give the Warriors match rights or anything like that, but it gives them the ability to go over the cap to sign them to, if they want, if, if they can come to an agreement at 15 million, 10 million, 20 million, whatever, they can make that work. 
and also it gives the Warriors a larger mid-level exception. One of the wrinkles that was added in in the 2011 collective bargaining agreement was different mid-level exceptions based on the team situation. So there's the non-taxpayer mid-level exception, which is the richest one. Then there is the taxpayer mid-level, which is for teams that are way into the luxury tax. And then there is the room mid-level exception, which is what the Warriors used this past year, which is when you're using cap space for something, it's the smallest one. That's the one the Warriors used to sign Zaza Pachulia, can only be for two years. If they get the if they get to use the taxpayer mid-level exception, which is the biggest one that they could get to use, then it could be three-year contract and it's bigger. So, so it's a little bit over $5 million. And they would certainly like to be able to do that, get you a better player, everything like that. It's also worth noting that even this path, it, it is substantially more team-friendly. It doesn't do a ton to help the Warriors sign the one-year guys that came. So Zaza Pachulia, David West, Briante Weber, depending on what happens with everything with him, though they could sign him to a different type of contract. It doesn't help with those guys because they don't have a higher form of bird rights. So they will have to use either, well, I guess theoretically, if they're willing to sign for a salary close to what they already have, you can make that work. But otherwise, you're going to need to be using minimum salaries and whatever middle-level exception the Warriors have. So it helps more for Livingston, Iguodala, and theoretically Ian Clark. It is important for those guys as well. And it is really hard, and this has been true for both this CBA and the last one, it is very hard for a team that is already spending a lot of money to add new talent. If they have draft picks, they can do it that way, no problem. But outside of that, it's very difficult because you have that middle-level exception, minimum minimum contracts, and then if you have trade exceptions or something like that. Miami dealt with this. It was part of the reason their team broke up because they couldn't get, they couldn't get as much better, and also it was an issue because when you get into the luxury tax, each dollar you add costs a lot of money. So they ended up using the amnesty provision on Mike Miller, which made LeBron very unhappy because Mike Miller helped their team. So those things all run together and make it challenging, but it's a lot more doable when you can sign Livingston, Iguodala, some combination, one or both of those guys at the outset, because while it makes the team more expensive, you can't get guys like that later on. So it's very important if possible to make that happen. So that pathway hasn't really changed in the new CBA. They didn't the the players and owners didn't change the dynamics too much, and that makes sense because those had been well worn. They're they want to have some benefits to sticking with the same team, but when you've only been on the team for one year, it's not a huge benefit. It's just something. The other pathway is for Durant to sign saying he wants his full maximum, and that will require the Warriors to use cap space because the most they can pay Durant without using cap space is that thirty one point eight million. If the current estimate, which Eric Pincus, a basketball insider, is, uh, wrote about earlier this week or over the weekend, holds that was at one hundred and two million, and one of the changes in the new CBA is that the percentage that a player can get of of the cap is actually that number. It used to be a calculation that was slightly less, but it's higher now. So Durant's maximum is exactly 35% of the salary cap wherever it is. And so if it's at 102, like the estimate, like the, like the most recent projection, that would mean he could make 35.7 million as his maximum salary. No way to go over that. That's just what it is. And that means that it's also a difference of about 4 million between that and what the Warriors can offer by staying staying over the cap, which, which of course they'd want to do. So the benefit for Durant is that he's getting $4 million more million, which is significant. I'm never going to downplay that at all. It's 
He can make whatever decision he wants. The downside for the Warriors, though, is more significant now than it was in the prior collective bargaining agreement, and there are a couple different reasons why. One of the big ones is that they've increased the minimum salaries, which also means they've increased the roster holds. So in a practical sense, what that means is that when you have less than 12 guys on your roster at any point in the offseason, they put on a little hold just to be like, well, you have to sign somebody. This is the lowest you can sign somebody for, because otherwise teams would just clear out their roster like that Miami team, have no no salary, and then fill it up and then add the minimum guys. It's a, kind of preventing teams from going full work around on the CBA. And while the, the minimum was around was a little bit over 500000 right now, minimum salaries are really going up, and that's going to be $815,615 for the next CBA. So that's a big jump. And when the Warriors are going to have at least a few open roster spots, that difference makes difference of about a, about a little over a million dollars, depending on how many spots you're saying are open. So that's the first part that changed. The part that stayed the same is that they already had their salary and obligations for the other All-Stars. So Curry... Green, Clay Thompson, they're making a combined $52.4 million in salary, but that includes Stephen Curry's lower cap hold. So the way Curry's going to work is that he will get a raise off of that, but until he gets the actual money, he counts in at the lower number. So for the purpose of this, the three of them combined to 52.4. And if you use the 102 estimate, so you do 52.4 and then Durant's 35.7, and then you also have to add in Jason Thompson, because Jason Thompson, they used the stretch provision on him to save a, to to reduce the cap hit for this year because he had a partial guarantee, and so that means that there's a little bit under a million that that he has that counts in that as well. So if you add all those together, the Warriors would have about 13 million to spend on everything else other than the room middle level exception guys, so the Pachulia equivalent and minimum salary guys. They don't have any draft picks this year. They could theoretically acquire one, but that's where they would be. Now, you can add on top of that, which I would, Kevon Looney, Damian Jones, and Patrick McCaw. All three of those guys recently drafted, all three of those guys cheap, and they'll combine to make about $3.8 million. That is actually... And that's in terms of salary on the salary cap. It's actually going to be higher than that, and I'll explain it this way. The really cheap guys in the league, whether they're on rookie-scale contracts or not, got pay increases with this because, as I said, they're raising the minimum salary kind of significantly. And so if you were below the minimum salary, at bare minimum, you're you're making more than that now because otherwise it wouldn't be fair. So first-round picks, they got a bump, but the league said, hey, you know, you already had a set scale amount. You will get paid more, but in terms of the salary cap, the number is going to stay what it was before, what you you know what you signed for when the deal happened. That logic did not apply to second round picks. So while McCaw and Damian Jones, from what I can tell from the reading so far, are both getting pay increases, McCaw's counts against the cap and Damian Jones does not. So it, it's a small difference. It's a few hundred thousand dollars, but you know, it's, it still matters. So if you add all that together and then you add in those roster holds for the extra spots, the Warriors would only have about 5.9 million to spend on one or more players with cap space. So that's Livingston or Iguodala or a new addition or anything like that. So they would have that money to spend on the players could get a four-year contract, anything like that. They could do. They could sign them, and then after they use all that money, sign Durant, presumably sign Steph Curry to his exorbitant contract, which can be for the same price actually as Durant. It would be the same fifty 
or 35.8 or 35.7 in this estimate, then at that point, they can get the the room mid-level exception and minimum guys. And the room mid-level exception is a separate $4.3 million. That's also set in the CBA. So they would have about a $6 million thing and a, and a $4.3 million thing, but they couldn't combine them. And we don't know exactly what Livingston and Iguodala are going to get, but both of those seem on the low side separately for a player like that. So the Warriors would have to face some very real choices. And Iguodala and Livingston would be able to, they're free agents, they could do whatever the heck they want. But it would be a lot harder for the Warriors to add high-end talent. They would have the ability to add low-end talent, but not much I would say that you're more in the land of like seventh, eighth, ninth guys as opposed to Iguodala and Livingston who are fifth, sixth. And the biggest part that actually runs in the Warriors' favor in terms of making this choice, it still is a big difference. It's a little under $4 million. That's a lot of money. I'm not going to discount that. Is the idea that this is a one year sacrifice. So when LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosch went to the Miami Heat, they signed long-term contracts. They signed four-year deals. Actually, it was, I believe, four years plus uh, an early termination option or, or a player option, either way. The reason they did that was for kind of risk mitigation. It was for a lot of different things. But the way the NBA does its contracts is that if it's a multi-year thing, each year is built actually off of the first season. So the first season provides the foundation. If your contract's going up, it goes up based on that number. If it goes down, then that's a little bit different. And the maximum raises, which used to be 7.5%, now are 8 and then it's lesser if you've been been on a team for less time. Those are dependent on that first-year salary. Back in the day, when in 2010, when Miami's guys agreed to those contracts, they all had to take a little bit of a pay cut to make it work financially. And since they signed long-term contracts, the smaller sacrifices they made compounded over the years because they started at a lower number and they couldn't raise as much because you're doing it as a percentage of the lower salary. It wasn't a huge difference, but it was pretty significant over over time just because it's, you know, it compounds at each year for 4 years. Kevin Durant would not do that because of the way that this world is different now. Durant is basically going to sign a 1-year contract no matter what because he can get he can't get the higher raises yet. You can't get that at, until at the absolute earliest your second year. When you have early bird rights, then you can do it. But you can't get a full five-year contract, which might be what Kevin Durant wants. You can't get that until after your third season. So either way, you want your your second season to be a one-year contract. This was true of LeBron James, who signed a longer deal, but that was after his second season. So season one is a one-year contract. Season two is another one-year contract. And then season three, you make a real different decision and go one way or the other. So what that means is, any sacrifice that Kevin Durant makes for the 2017-18 season is only in that season. They will be able to pay him his full maximum in 2018-19 either way because he makes so much money that giving him a a pay increase, especially because it sounds like the cap is going to stay about the same, that's doable. So it's not the long-term sacrifice that the Miami guys made. It still is a very real sacrifice. He's losing, I believe he's losing more money in that single season than those guys did at least at the beginning, maybe overall. I don't have the full math on that at the moment. So it is a different kind of thing, but 
the challenge is that in all likelihood, we, and I'll use we as basically everybody other than the Warriors, won't know for a long time. And it's very possible that the Warriors will not know. And it really does affect them because it affects how whether they can make an offer to Livingston or Iguodala. It affects how much they can offer and how they approach the other players. That said, I expect Durant to notify the team of how he wants to approach this at some point early on in the process, even maybe before July, but at some point, because the underlying factors aren't going to change. Really, the only factor that, that shifts in, there, there are two big things that we don't know. One is what the actual salary cap number is, because that affects his full maximum is just 35% of that. So if it goes up $5 million off the expectations, that means he's making a very different sacrifice than if it's where it is right now. And the other part is that it, his situation could also depend a little bit, at least, on what happens with Iguodala and Livingston. If the Warriors are in a place where Iguodala and Livingston are getting crazy offers somewhere else and the Warriors aren't going to pay them, then Durant's kind of sitting there going, well, then why am I sacrificing? You know, why would I be sitting there? Why would I want to do that? And at the opposite point, if they are coming to agreements and he sits there and goes, well, crap, the only way we can bring these guys back is if I take a little bit less, then maybe he makes a different decision. So they are the factors are together. They also are separate. And Durant could theoretically use the prospect of taking that small pay cut to leverage, if you want, the Warriors into paying his teammates and basically saying, you know, this is the way that you can get me to take less. And so from a bookkeeping perspective, you know, oh, you're saving $4 million on Durant, maybe throw some of that money Iguodala's way, Livingston's way. We won't know that until it happens, but it is still very interesting. And also, I didn't talk about this in the piece, but from a public relations standpoint, if I were advising Kevin Durant, the problem with this for from his end is that while I personally will never blame a player for taking the money. I mean, they just have to deal with the consequences that come from that. I talked about this when I wrote about Carmelo when he took the full max. You have to deal with the prospect of having worse teammates. And as long as you don't complain about that, I'm okay with it. But everyone in the fan base who follows this sort of stuff or who reads people like me or, you know, whoever else talks about this, they're going to know because there aren't any other people that can make this difference like he can. So if they can't re-sign Livingston, if they can't re-sign Iguodala, it's because Durant wanted that extra $4 million or whatever it ends up being. And that isn't the worst thing in the world. There are far worse things that players have done. It certainly isn't endearing. So I don't think that makes the decision for him in any way, but it is a consideration that advisors will probably mention to him and they and they absolutely should because that's a part of their job so that's really where things are right now the only thing that will change between now and july when we get the cap estimate is just my maybe my understanding of where this is or if we get any sort of an indication from durant he talked a little bit or he alluded kind of coyly at the groundbreaking that he expects to be on the team you know moving forward and this is all done with that assumption but that doesn't really affect this part of the decision. I mean, he, as I said, if he comes back, it'll be on a one-year contract. It's just which number it's at. You know, is it that $31.8 million or is it 35.7 or 35% of whatever the cap is? But 35.7 is, is a good number for right now. So whichever one of those he chooses, he chooses. But it really does affect the what the Warriors look like, not only in 2017-18, but really moving forward because that flexibility, getting a player like Iguodala, especially who, whether he ends up being, you know, like the linchpin of the death lineup moving forward is a very different question, but having him on the team certainly helps. So we will have to see that moving forward. 
and I, you know, I don't legitimately don't know how it's going to go. That is the end of this podcast. If you have any feedback, good, bad, or indifferent, NBA at gmail.com, at DanielLaRue on Twitter, D-A-N-N-Y-L-E-R-O-U-X. And if you want to support the show, you can leave a rating, leave a review, or subscribe, download every episode, and tell your friends, tell people you think would like the show. I do enjoy doing things like this, and you can use this. This podcast should be a resource for a while because, as I said, I don't think the circumstances are going to change. I will have something different on Tuesday night, and then the Warriors play the Chicago Bulls. They host them on Wednesday, so that will be a podcast, obviously, and then they don't play again until Friday, Saturday. Probably going to do podcasts on both of those, if I'm going to be completely honest, because they're both big games against Memphis and OKC. Still working on exactly how that'll go, but that is my expectation. So thank you so much for listening. Take care, and make it a great day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Hey, Bay Area sports fans, this is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.